The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge College Football Preview Show, Week 12 edition. I'm your host, Alan Bell, and we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. But I tell you what, before we get to that, let's take a look at how we did last week. and Hopefully this thing works. There we go. All right. You know what? Chip Patterson, you came through for us big in this one. Our man Farnelli going 50%, Fetner going 50%, and Chip Patterson, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, and one. A big, big week. Well, let's bring the stars of the show. Let's talk about it a little bit. First off, Chip Patterson, hey, the floor is yours, buddy. You took care of business last week. Nice job, man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, also handed out some defeats. Four and four on the Cover 3 podcast, but five and one right here. I think the rule is less is more, and whatever I'm giving you on Wednesday is bound to win. So excited to be back with everybody. Uh, excited for the week ahead. <laughs> there we go, man. Excited to have you. Tom Fernelli, looking sharp as always. Good job last week. And I will say this. Everyone seemed to love to watch the Saturday college football preview yeah! show. Dude, you guys did a great job, man. Everybody loved it. Tom, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Good to be here. Chip, you mentioned cover three. You'll notice that the one pick you got wrong on the show last week was the uh, Kentucky team total over, and I hope you appreciate that. I didn't bring that up when Barton joined us on the show Saturday night. Yeah, I, I mean, it just wasn't important <laughs> in the moment you know, because I was not picking against Vanderbilt per se. You know, I was just saying that I thought that the Kentucky offense was going to cook. And look, Chef Levis did not. Chef Levis had no knives. Chef Levis had no gas in the burners. <laughs> Chef Levis had no sugar. <laughs> he was just reverse jinxing Barney and the boys. Yeah. yeah. There you go, man. All right, Michael Roberts, man. Good to see you, buddy. We missed you last week. Glad you're back in the saddle. And again, every week it looks like paradise behind you, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, it's cold. It's chilly. I got to get a sweater. It's like 55, right? It's pretty cold out here. No, not really. Uh, good to be back with you guys and uh, hang out and let's get some winners out there. Absolutely, man. And our man, Fett Show. Jake Fetner, good to see you, buddy. How, first off, how are you? Obviously, don't want to be rude. Second, what are you seeing out of the model? What did you see last week? What kind of trends are you seeing this weekend? 
Yeah, I'm doing great. You know, the model, I had a great week last week. We went five and four on team totals. It could have, we're a couple points away from being six and three, seven and two, but I'm in a couple of uh, the ones went our way as well. So I'm not going to complain about that. And the model went 13 and four in player props. That was by far our best week. So it was, it was a good, pretty good week. I mean, Tennessee minus 11 and a half yes, last week hurt, but I'm going back to the well again. You'll see you later. I like it, man. I like it indeed. All right, let's get into our best bet. Well, I'll tell you what. First, let's get into the storylines that affect the betting lines for week 12. And I'll tell you what, Chip. I, actually, Micah, I want to start with you. The college football championship odds. All right, we saw the playoff uh, rankings released last night, Tuesday night. Break it down, man. What are you seeing? What do you like? What's out there? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Caesars odds, and we've got uh, four teams with no losses, three teams with one loss, and one team with two losses here. The eight that I think we can agree are probably going to be in contention here. Georgia, minus 115 to win it all, minus $40 to win uh, to get into the playoffs. Ohio State, plus 240, minus $6 to get in. So those two appear to be locked in, apparently. Uh, the odds figure that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan there. Michigan next at seven to one, plus one twenty to make the playoffs. Tennessee twelve to one, and this is the one I'm. I, I mean, do they have a shot to get in? I mean, there's scenarios, I guess, but I mean, if they don't make the the uh, SEC championship game, right? I mean, it's a tough spot there. TCU undefeated in twenty two to one. Um, I hope they make it. I hope they can run the table and get there. LSU 30 to one, two lost team and USC, another one run the table, win the pack 12. Can they get in as they need a lot of help to get in, obviously. And then Clemson 50 to one, uh, long shot outside there, but, uh, I'm rooting for TCU. I'm rooting for USC and uh, let's see what happens. I would you just know, like to you. go on the record that if a two loss LSU makes the college football playoff, I don't care who they beat in the way yeah. there. I'm never taking the playoff seriously again. Period. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say, right, Micah? You brought up Tennessee. I think Tennessee is kind of the uh, the X factor. It's kind of the 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 stopgap in all this, right? Because they've got the win over LSU at LSU. They won by twenty plus points. Really, the nuclear nightmare scenarios for them would be LSU beating Georgia in the SEC championship or Michigan making some noise, taking yeah. out. Ohio State, but then Ohio State remaining in there. Uh, I'm fascinated. And they've only got two games left, obviously, South Carolina this week and then Vanderbilt next week. So, I mean, theoretically, Tennessee might actually have a better shot not playing in the SEC championship than they would playing in it, right? Obviously, you know, with Georgia being there. So, it's fascinating. Those are good numbers by you. I, I-, I can't wait to see how it all plays out because you're right. Got TCU. Have USC, right? We've got a lot of teams that yeah. are contingent here. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. All right, uh, Chip, coming over to you, man. So I'll tell you what, when you guys, you know, when we all kind of compile these together, right, before the show, you and Tom always come with nice, weak narratives <laughs> and topic titles. Let me make sure I say that right. You wrote four words that have fascinated me. Reload the musket week. Break it down. So... This is a little bit more specific than the idea of a hangover or the idea of a letdown, you know, the idea of not getting beat twice because you really bring out the visual because you remember how long it used to take to just reload the musket and get everything all cleaned out. And so sometimes when you pour everything into a game, win or lose, it can be tough to reload the musket. Might take a little bit of time to be able to get things moving. And I have circled a couple of spots where the aftermath of either a, a very hard fought and emotional win or a very hard fought and emotional loss 
might be something to watch, particularly as it pertains to the spread. So TCU, you just beat Texas in Austin. It was a low-scoring game. Your defense had to step up, and, and you just needed everything you could get to be able to get that hard-fought win. Well, now you're on the road at Baylor. And Texas, after that very emotional loss to TCU, You've got no break either. You've got to reload the musket quick. You are going to Kansas. West Virginia staying in the Big 12. Huge home win against Oklahoma. Now Kansas State comes to town. Are you going to be able to get back up for the Wildcats, a Big 12 title contender? Ole Miss and Arkansas, double reload the musket game. Both of them lost. Both of them lost close, hard-fought games. Who's going to be able to get back up? UCLA, to me, does not count here. I mean, I think they're more angry than anything else after losing to Arizona. But Oregon, especially with some injury issues, does count. So uh, reload the musket week as some of these teams have to really find a way to get back up to that highest level of competition in the wake of what was a very draining Week 11 result. Well said, sir. That's absolutely well said. I like it. All right, Tom, coming over to you. Now, as I just mentioned in regards to Chip Patterson and only needing four words. You also only needed four words, bigger fish to fry. Bring it up. First of all, it'd be a real shame if somebody made a gif of Chip reloading the musket a minute ago. <laughs> real shame. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's it's kind of sad. It kind of dawned on me during the week after we were watching the games this weekend. There are only two regular season weeks left in the college football regular season, which stinks. But it also means that we are on the precipice of rivalry week which means that there are a lot of games this weekend in which you should be aware of teams who might have bigger fish to fry next week and might be caught looking ahead and not taking their opponent this week so seriously. Obviously, the glaring example is Alabama versus Austin P, and they've got the Iron Bowl waiting next week. I don't think you really need to worry about that game, though, because unless you're really interested in betting Alabama-Austin P, it's not something that's going to matter too much. But you've got teams like Ohio State, Michigan, who obviously have playoff hopes, on, you know, they're playing for but they also have their big rivalry next week and you just look around the country there's a lot of teams in that situation where it's like they've got some tricky opponents this week but they might be keeping an eye on what they've got to deal with next week is a bigger win so it's just something that you will see with my picks today there's somewhat of a theme to them that involves the bigger fish to fry principle that's well said and you're right i mean absolutely like there are teams that are looking ahead to that looking ahead to two weeks in terms of conference championship games all of it Dude, well done. Well done. All right, let's get into our best bets for this week. Now, understand, everybody, this is the largest show we've ever had in terms of picks. So you're going to see our guys go through it a little quicker in terms of their breakdowns because I'm telling you, I've never seen a recap screen that is absolutely filled to the brim, and I love it, but it's going to be a quick-moving show. So first chip coming over to you but ab's got to host something at four o'clock <laughs> that's also true so <laughs> there's a hard out We're, we'll move a, quick as quick as we there's we a can. definite hard out you're exactly right all right chip coming over to you uh first play we've got michigan state at home against indiana you like michigan state minus 10 and a half uh yeah number one something i talked about last week with our storylines so what is the remaining schedule how many wins are you away from bowl eligibility and Right now, Michigan State is 5-5, five and five, and its game, final regular season game is at Penn State, a game which they will be underdogs and maybe even sizable underdogs. Indiana at home, 
This is a gotta have it, leave no doubt game for the Spartans. But level two to this, beyond the theme and the narrative, is the fact that I think Michigan State's results during that long losing streak came with the impact of a lot of players who are injured. And some of those players have come back. And so I think that there might be a little bit of value on Michigan State in general, uh, as we have seen in the win against Illinois and the win against Rutgers, which remember, they were up by more before the crazy play at the very end of that with the Rutgers score. So what could have been basically like two pretty solid wins for Michigan State, I think we're starting to see the Spartans play some better football down the stretch. So Sparty's got to have it. And I think Sparty's finally found a, a decent form after a really disappointing stretch of football. There we go. Sparty has found it. Let's see it, man. All right, Tom Fernelli, coming over to you. We've got Washington at home against Colorado. All right, you're taking Washington first half minus 18 and a half. Bigger fish to fry. They're coming off, obviously, the big win over Oregon. So there is some concern of a letdown, but thankfully it's Colorado, and it's hard to have a letdown. Even if even if you do start slowly against this Buffs team, it means you're only going to win by 40 or so. So I look at this game, first half, I expect the Huskies to come out, build a pretty big lead, and then in the second half, once they've built that lead, maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit because they have the Apple Cup awaiting with Washington State to finish the regular season. And as good as things have been for the Huskies, they're also still competing for the Pac-12 title game. So once they get the lead in this one, they're probably just going to worry about a, preparing for the Cougars, and B, making sure nobody gets hurt as we prepare for a possible run to the Pac-12 title game. So I could see them maybe taking Penix out in the second half or a couple key players. So I would rather have the first half bet here when I know that they'll still be playing at 100% in full strength. Yeah, that's a great call. Love playing halves in games like that. Yeah, great call. Micah, coming over to you. Yep. This is going to be a good game here, man. We've got Liberty at home against Virginia Tech. Liberty you're taking them minus nine and a half. What do you say? Well, it's basically bet against Virginia Tech, who's lost seven straight. They've lost all five on the road. And the one game they covered on the road, it was because uh, Larry was out for NC State. In that game, they covered the big number there. I just uh, There's nothing about Virginia Tech. I think they just want to get the season over. Grant Wells hasn't had a great season. Uh, a lot of expectations on him. And Liberty coming off the loss. This is where, right, Chip, they – they're packing the musket, reloading right now because yeah. they're kind of angry because they, they got knocked in the face the first score of the game and they couldn't catch up. And then they finally took the lead in the fourth quarter and Connecticut sealed the deal. It was a good game by Connecticut and they weren't ready for it. So I think they're a little upset there. They've uh, eight and two on the season. And, you know, that game came after they had just beat Arkansas 21-19. And before that, it was BYU wiping them out. Um, at Provo, or no, at home, 41-14. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to cover here. The Virginia Tech, bad score. Average score this season, 30-16 to 16 against them. I think they get the cover. That's Liberty. There we go. That is Liberty. And let me say, if there's anyone who watches this show without the sound on of just watching it, the yeah, the fill the musket gifts. The are reload the musket week I'm is kidding. really bringing out the goods. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Fed Show, coming over to you, Ben. Uh, we've got UConn at Army. Everybody's been waiting for this one. You're oh, taking yeah. UConn. Yeah, you're taking UConn plus 10, man. What do you think? I mean, Sonny Dykes is probably going to win the coach of the year just because TCU is in a big stage. But the job that Jim Mora has done is just unbelievable. 
the first drive of the season, UConn lost their quarterback to a season-ending ACL tear. They've had multiple defenders playing at running back. Like a ton of players have just been switching positions throughout the year, and they're now bowl eligible. They're getting 10 against Army. They just beat Liberty, who Micah was talking about before. I mean, their freshman quarterback from St. Thomas Aquinas in down Florida, he's looked pretty good. He's starting to grow. I think 10 points is too much. I think UConn could honestly might be able to get the upset here. Dude, you're not lying about UConn, man. Like, they've done a hell of a job down or really there. inspired. You know, Jim Moore has done a heck of a job. He really has, 100%. You're exactly right, man. All right, Chip, coming back at you, man. We've got Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Bedlam. You're taking Oklahoma State, the seven and a half. Yeah, don't give me a hook on the edge of a touchdown in this game with Mike Gundy against first-year head coach Brent Venables. The The power ratings probably spit out this number, especially with the injuries that Oklahoma State has had and the injuries that Oklahoma State has had and their own offensive woes contributed to us being able to walk that under all the way to the pay window. But I just think in this game, I've got a coaching advantage with Mike Gundy over Brent Venables, and you're going to give me seven in a hook in a rivalry that, while historically, does break the Sooners' way a lot. It also gives us, even in those Oklahoma wins, some close games. So I just I think there's some rivalry game value here. Yeah, especially with that hook. I'm with you on that for sure, man. Uh, Fernelli, all right, coming over to you. Uh, a big one here, obviously, Ohio State-wise, uh, in terms of them just continuing to win out, get that perfect season. We've got Ohio State at Maryland. You're taking the Buckeyes, Ohio State, first half, minus 14 and a half. And I feel that it has to go exactly with kind of the game plan you've been going with here. Say it with me, bigger fish to fry if you're Ohio State. You've got this game, and obviously Maryland on the road. It's not easy, but for, for Ohio State, it shouldn't be too much of a challenge. I think that defensively they've taken such a large step forward this season with their pass rush that Maryland is not going to have too much success moving the ball here. But then again, looming next week, kind of a big deal. The game against Michigan – both of them could be undefeated. It will be for the Big East title. It will be for a berth in the in the Big Ten championship and possibly a playoff berth. Ohio State's going to build the lead in the first half. And then, you know what? They might not take their foot off the gas because Ryan Day has shown a propensity for trying to help C.J. Stroud win the Heisman this year and kind of running it up and helping to boost his stats in the second half of games when he doesn't need to. But I would rather be on the first half here because I think that the Buckeyes are going to come out hot, blow the doors off the Terps, and then maybe they they lose some concentration in the second half and allow Maryland to, to backdoor the full game spread. So just give me the first half. I like the way you play, man. And I'll tell you what, you know, it's interesting. Last week, like, you know, we were talking about narratives. You guys were in terms of these college football playoff teams, right, and motivations, et cetera. And I think, Fernelli, you're playing it 100% spot on here. That, you know, last week we saw number two, Ohio State covers, number three, Michigan covers, number four, TCU covers, number five, Tennessee covers, right? Number eight, USC covers. Uh, LSU pushed if you got it at the three. Really, Oregon was the only one, and obviously they lost outright. And now with that kind of final rivalry game, yeah, with the conference championships looming, dude, spot on. I, I think you're following this path 100% correctly here. All right, Micah, my man, you go big game hunting. So we're going to get to your picks here in a minute when we get our big games here. I didn't want anybody to think that I was ignoring my man here. Never would. Fetner, coming over to you, Fet Show. You've got, we've got UTSA at Rice. You're taking UTSA team total over 36 and a half. What do you see, man? 
Yeah, I like the team total here. I also like UTSA minus 13 and a half for the full game. UTSA scores. They were one of the best offenses in, in uh, the country over the last two years. They also don't defend that great, so Rice could put up some numbers as well. Rice has the highest percentage of overs over the last two seasons. I think the over is 16 and four in their games over the last two seasons in the FBS play. Uh, Rice has allowed teams to score 40 or more in three of their last four games. UTSA just put up 51 against La Tech last week. I love a conference USA over uh, team total. And the weather could be a factor. It's, it's supposed to rain, but I still like the over at 36 and a half. There you go, man. There you go. All right. Chip coming back at you, buddy. We got Louisville at home versus NC State. Take it Louisville minus four. What do you see? I think that NC State might be in trouble right now. Uh, number one, they, they've had a couple of uh, dings injury-wise, which are very concerning. Uh, number two, where are they at emotionally after Boston College stormed back and stole that win? An incredibly disappointing uh, defeat for this NC State team. And I just think that you take them on the road against a Cardinals team that – I mean, it appears pretty hungry, you know, like this is a Louisville team that in the first half was competing against Clemson and Clemson won handily in the game, but they hit just enough explosive plays in that pass rush, which is very, very good. And the Louisville defense, which has done all right, you know, performed adequately against Clemson's offense. So I, I think that Louisville has a lot to play for. They're in a much better place right now, playing some of, be- of their better football this season while NC state, might be down to QB number three, you know, uh, center number two. You know, I, none of this is being reported. Dave Doran's, you know, and none of it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Dave Doran is putting out a depth chart that says everything's all right. The like, be calm, you know, Jeff, right there. But I, I think that Louisville's going to be able to win this game by a touchdown. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the cards. Makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I love that gift too. Like where the fired explosions are going yeah. on behind him. Yeah, that one's good, man. All right, Fernelli, coming over to you, buddy. Uh, Kansas State at West Virginia. You like the under 54 and a half here? Uh, yeah, I just I look at this matchup and I think that this total is probably about three points, three to four points too high. I think that if you look at what Kansas State has done the last few weeks, they have become more, you know, Will Howard, I think, has brought better balance to their offense. But I also think that they've been efficient offensively and they're not really putting together big plays as much as they're putting together long drives. I think defensively they've taken steps forward to slow down their opponents. And I look at West Virginia right now. I just uh, I, I don't like the vibes coming off that program at the moment. I think offensively they've kind of slipped to the last few weeks. There's you just kind of look at the body language and it looks like a team that's kind of ready for the season to be over. But I I don't like taking the Wildcats here against the spread because I, I worry about just you know possible backdoor. But I do think there's more value on the total. So I think the under is the best play here because Kansas State might also you know not quite bigger fish to fry with Kansas looming, but they might kind of take their foot off the gas in the second half of this one too, but they've got a big 12 title appearance to play for. So I don't think that's likely. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and stay here real quick because you're also on Louisville minus four against NC state. And I should have, I probably should have asked that right after chip spoke about it. Break that one down, man. What do you see? Yeah, I'm kind of with chip chip shared a lot of my thoughts on this one. I know you know, you know, chips, the resident vibes coordinator, but I will also say that I am not a big fan of the vibes surrounding NC state at the moment, just some bad feels coming out of that program right now. And chip mentioned the injuries. It's a banged up team. There's you know, some speculation about Dave Doran's future. Like, is he looking for a way out? I it's 
it's just not a great feeling right now. And I think Louisville has kind of figured things out in the last few weeks. And they, this is a team that a couple of weeks ago we were all on Wake against because we just did not like what was happening with the Cardinals. They came out, they beat Wake in that game. The defense, the defensive line in particular, was monstrous, putting a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They've been doing that every week since. And I think that was the big, the biggest problem Louisville had is defensively they were just they they had they offered nothing, but they seem to have figured things out the last few weeks. Malik Cunningham's getting healthy. I just think right now the Cardinals are the better team. And anytime you see Louisville favored by four points in this one, considering that NC State is the ranked team and considered the quote-unquote better team, that kind of gives you a signal that there might be something you don't know about coming down the pipeline. Yeah, that usually does. Yeah, that's that's never a good sign at all. All right, Fetner, you promised us, all right? You were breaking down Tennessee. You had Tennessee first half last week. Ball didn't get it done in the first half. They did in the full game. Didn't get it done in the first half. You're going back to the well. Tennessee first half well. minus 11 and a half at South Carolina. What do you say? Yeah, it was just a terrible backdoor cover last week. Tennessee was driving Brutal. to go 21. Uh, they couldn't get a fourth down. And then Missouri marched down, kicked a field goal to finish the half down 11. But watching that South Carolina-Florida game last week, it looks like South Carolina got their six wins and they're complacent with six wins. Gators put up 21 in the first quarter against South Carolina. The Gators offense did whatever they want. And Tennessee's offense is much better than Florida's. I think Tennessee should be able to do whatever they want. I, I mean, I like the first half at 11 and a half a lot. I probably like the whole game as well. But it worries me that they might just put their backups in and South Carolina could get a backdoor cover. I think South, uh, that Tennessee just is much more talented. They're playing for a national championship. Um, uh, and I, I like them big time here. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Um, it's interesting because, you know, they they put up 66 points against Missouri last week, covered one easily, but they didn't really play that well. Like, there was a stretch there where it was, what, 26-24 type of a game? Like, Tennessee didn't play that great. I say all that to say this, that uh, I think that, you know, there's not going to be a lot of brake pedal, you know, with this team. And if they get up big and bring in, you know, backup quarterback Joe Milton, uh, we saw last week, they're throwing deep. Like, that's all that man knows how to mm -hmm. do is throw at six trillion miles an hour <laughs> and two miles. So, yeah, like anybody that's on Tennessee, like, feel comfortable. They take Hinton Hooker out. Like, they're still going to put the bat, the, uh, the foot on the gas pedal. All right, Chip, coming over to you. Last two plays, we're going to do these back-to-back, -back, all right? So, first one, you've got Boise State, Wyoming, under 44-and-a-half. Go ahead and hit that. It's going to be windy in Laramie. Tell our friend Sherry Burris to bundle up because when it's kickoff time between Boise State and Wyoming, it'll be about 26 degrees and 14 mile an hour winds and a sunny sky in Laramie. And by the time the sun sets, it's going to be about 19 degrees. And while our wind has cooled off a little bit, you know, sun powers the wind, sun goes down, wind decreases, we're still blowing at around 10 miles an hour. That real feel is going to be close to single digits. And these are, in Mountain West Conference play, the two best defenses in the league. So we've got conditions. We've got X's and O's, matchups. We're going under in Laramie. Come on. And finally, UAB plus 14 and a half is it would just be hilarious. All right. I'm just going to say it. Okay. LSU, They're at LSU. They're at, at LSU. 
LSU has punched his ticket to the SEC West. LSU could lose this game and still play for an SEC championship against Georgia. LSU could lose his next two games and still play for an SEC championship against Georgia. And UAB is fighting for its life out here. We told you about Circle the Dragon Saturday last week. And what did UAB do? They went ahead and covered that number. It was a dogfight with North Texas, and they won that game by 20 because they circled the daggum dragons. And I'm just <laughs> saying, if UAB goes into Baton Rouge and plays against an LSU team that, like, I don't know. What would you see from Fayetteville that says this team is going to definitively blow everybody out from here to the SEC championship? I'm just saying it would be hilarious. Give me the Blazers plus 14 and a half. I like the way you're thinking on this. And also, if anyone, anyone watching this show or knows someone that is involved with the a news station in Laramie or Wyoming in general, we have got to get Chip breaking down the weather on well, their listen, that's, I can't the Tom is the OG weatherman. Like I was actually oh, remembering man. that on uh the Cover Three podcast, maybe even back when it was the 24-7 sports podcast, we would play uh we would play the audio track of Make It Rain while Tom just ran through weather unders. Okay. <laughs> you remember the jam from 2007, mm-hmm. Make It Rain? So like Tom's the OG on this. I, I'm just a student who has learned the ways and try to apply it moving forward with winners. Hey, understandable and respectable. Well done. I like that. All right, Fetcho, your last two plays here. Let's break them down back to back. You've got Washington minus 31 at home against Colorado. Boston College plus 21 at Notre Dame. Yeah, so Tom gave out the first half for Washington. I like the full game. Uh, teams in conference play, their home favorites of 30-plus are 6-0-1 against the spread this season. I think Washington could even just coast about this game and still cover 31 with ease. Two of those six covers were against Colorado. Even last week, Colorado was playing USC tough in the first half, and USC just ran away with that game. And they have a five-star Sam Ward on the bench, and so he's going to want to prove himself when he comes in the game as well. So I like Washington to cover the full game 31 and first half isn't a bad play either. Then my last play is Boston College plus 21 against Notre Dame. Before the show, we were talking about Grady Dick. Uh, well, let's talk about Emmett Moorhead here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think you've been holding makes, that one. <laughs> he, I think he makes Boston College's offense a lot better than uh, Jerkovic was doing. Um, he's looked pretty good the last two weeks. They've covered two in a row. And this is another one. This would be hilarious if Notre Dame loses to Boston College after beating UNC, beating Clemson. I think 21's a lot here. Um, I, I like Boston College to cover. All right. Well done. And by the way, you got the biggest pop out of chip I think that we've ever had on the early edge. Well done, sir. You held that one properly. That's a professional comedian right there. Nice job. You don't want I to have... hold your Grady Dick too long. Well, I was about to say, <laughs> you can't say, you can't say you hold do. it or pop. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what, what I just did was just groove an 85 mile an hour just change up to just Tom Fernelli, Aaron Judge right there, and he just blasted it. Just put it on the moon, man. Well done, sir. Well done. All right, let's get into our big six games for the week. But before we do, and they're going to be happy about that, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are back. All right. So we're going to go rapid fire here. Again, we're moving at a good pace. We want to make sure that we get them all in here. And we finally get to bring Micah back into the show because, like I said, my man goes big game hunting. So we're going to start, Micah, with you. First game, we've got Illinois at number three, Michigan. Michigan is an 18-point favorite. And we've got a total of 42. Official play from you, the under of 42. Yes, we're going under. And we got a couple of reasons here, starting with both teams pretty much stay under all their games. They've only each gone over three times in their 10 games this season. But we got 18-mile-an-hour winds expected at Michigan, 25 degrees, 9% chance of rain. That sounds like good under weather. Then we've got the number one and number two defenses in college football hooking up against each other. Uh, Only 12 points allowed per game for Illinois, only 11 points allowed per game for Michigan. That's a good recipe for the under. And then I get quarterbacks that don't turn the ball over. DeVito's done a pretty good job managing uh, the the game this season. They've lost their last two games. Both were at home. Maybe they're running out of gas a little bit, but still only three interceptions. And this is why they got a plus eight turnover ratio. Pretty good for them on the season so far. And then J.J. McCarthy, only two interceptions uh, allowed on the season as well. So I don't see a lot of the turnovers happening here. I see the defense is playing extremely well. And, you know, it's possible Illinois, I mean, even though next week they've uh, Michigan's got to look out for Ohio State, um, I don't see Illinois scoring a lot in this game, really. So with Michigan, you can have a blowout 27-3, 27-6, and I, I think I get there with the under. Yeah, I, I, this feels like a Jim Harbaugh game where he is – running the football about 99.9% defense field position. Yeah. I think you're spot on in terms of this one chip. In fact, not official play a lean, but you agree completely with Micah on the under 42. Yeah. Illinois defense is so good. And JJ McCarthy in recent weeks has not really wowed me. Um, And I think that in terms from the play calling perspective, from the sideline, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that he doesn't make a mistake and that combined with what has been throughout the season, an inability to get seven instead of three. I mean, listen, we got to see a lot of Jake Moody in these Michigan football games. They move the ball well, you know, between the 20s, then they get down into scoring position. And oftentimes they do end up having to settle for short field goals. So that would also help us with the under here. Uh, I, I think that that's, uh, that's definitely the play. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you lean Michigan first half minus nine and a half. What do you see? 
bigger fish to fry. Um, <laughs> this is Michigan. Michigan is 10 and 0, and it is winning its games by an average of 30.2 points per game. And the majority of that damage all season long has been done in the first half of games. They blow teams out of the water, and then they kind of cruise in the second half. Wouldn't it be shocked if we see the same thing take place here? Because Illinois defensively has been amazing all season, but their entire defense has been built around the fact that they have a great pass rush. When they can get to the quarterback, everything else works. I don't know if they're going to be able to get as much pressure on J.J. McCarthy against this Michigan offensive line as they do most teams. And they also have an injury problem in the secondary where they've lost starter Taz Nicholson for the rest of the season. They've got a couple other guys banged up. So they're down to like third and fourth string corners in a couple key spots. And I think that could impact them here. So I think I would rather have Michigan in the first half here in case they build a large lead like they have in pretty much every other game this season and then take their foot off the gas in the second half. Plus, Illinois defensively, it's they've been much better in the second half of games. Like They'll give up points in the first half, and then they do some adjustments at halftime. They figure out what offenses are trying to do to it, and they shut it down. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to shut down the Wolverines' offense in the second half and maybe sneak up a backdoor cover. So I would rather be on the Wolverines in the first half. Yeah, smart play, man. Smart play. And Fetner, uh, a lean for you as well. Not official, but you like the first half under of 21 and a half. Yeah, Michigan has struggled in, in some first halves lately. And then they've come in the second half and just exploded on offense like against Rutgers in Nebraska. It was their second half offense. And so, I mean, Tom just said that Illinois' uh, second half defense is one of the best in the country. So maybe the full game under 42 is your play here. But I like the under 21 and a half. I do like uh, Jake Moody over one and a half field goal prop here. I like that a lot. And uh, I just want to push Corum for Heisman. I think he's been the most consistent player in college football this season. CJ Stroud is the betting favorite, but he's had a couple of games where he's been a little shaky. Corum has been consistent every single game. He has 17 touchdowns. His numbers are right up there with Derrick Henry when he won the Heisman. He's at plus 600 on DraftKings right now. I gave it out plus 1800 a couple of weeks ago. I still think uh, he's right up there. I like that you're bringing plugs. <laughs> on here now i like that you're just popping it in like oh yeah you know and, yeah. i mean uh, uh steven o and i are trying to make the push for shea gilgis alexander for nba mvp i'm just gonna plug a uh, quorum for heisman as well there we go you know what this is the platform to do it i like it i like it all right get into the next game here uh we've got fourth rate tcu minus two and a half at baylor a total of 57 and a half micah coming back at you man you've got two things that you like officially on this game you like tcu minus two and a half you also like the over 57 and a half. What are you seeing, buddy? Yeah, TC and over has been a good bet uh, pretty much all season long, right? Eight, one, and one uh, total against the spread. The last two years, it's been TCU and over. The last three years, it's gone over. And Baylor, just after last week, uh, not a good performance offensively. That's a couple straight games. Ben Chapin did not have uh, good outings. But I, I look for him here to stand up and try to do something that – Maybe Texas could have done last week. I think it'll be a much more competitive game, and Baylor will stand up here in this spot. They've gone over six of their last seven games. Baylor has at home, uh, 47 degrees, not too cold, colder than it is here, uh, and 13-mile-an-hour winds, uh, something to look for there. But uh, Max Duggan, the game manager, just uh, absolutely impressive. It, it, he doesn't have to shine for them to do well, and I, I love that about this team. And they just resilient. I mean, every week they're like, oh, TCU's going to fall out. They look at the polls. Oh, the TCU's going to fall out. Like, it, 
it is just uh, an impressive performance each week, a gauntlet that TCU runs on, and not only win, but cover the spread. I love that, too. So this is uh, the ratings-wise. Baylor, I mean, they're only like four points less on a neutral field. So uh, Baylor, Baylor can play. This is a game that they're going to play well in and score. So TCU, win late, and the over. I like it, man. Dude, and you know what? You're 100% right about TCU. I mean, they just keep coming. Like, they just do not stop. They don't quit, man. This team is resilient 100%. And I'll tell you, you like both of those plays, obviously, and you've got reinforcements from the entire crew here on both wow. sides. So, Tom and Fet Show, you both lean to TCU minus two and a half. So, Tom, start it. Fetner, follow him up. Yeah, I, not an official play, but I just don't think if you look at Baylor defensively, I think that plays well to the over as well. Like defensively, the Bears are not nearly as good this season as they were last year. You know, when they were winning, when they winning, when they were winning the Big 12 and specifically on the ground. Like when you look at this TCU team, there's a ton of time we spend talking about Max Duggan. There's a ton of time we spend talking about receiver Quentin Johnston, who we don't spend as much time talking about is the guy who made the biggest play in the game last week to seal the win over Texas running back Kendra Miller, who has rushed for 1147 yards and 13 touchdowns in this offense. And I think that he is poised to have another big game against a Baylor defense that has really struggled to stop the run all season long. And I think that is going to be the one reason why if I'm breaking this game down in any specific way, I want TCU laying the points. I think they're the better team. I think they will be able to run the ball very effectively against this Baylor defense. And I think that will be enough to get them the win and the cover. Fat show. Yeah, I agree for very similar reasons. I was watching that Baylor-Kansas State game last week. I was on some Deuce Vaughn props. My guy Deuce Vaughn ran all over them, and I think Kendra Miller will have similar success. Last season, TCU ranked 127th out of 131 teams. They were 2-9-1 against the spread. This season, they're first at 8-1-1 after after Tulane lost. They just cover. They win in cover, and I like them minus 2.5 here a lot. All right, there we go. Now, Chip, not official play, but Aline, you lean over. 57 and a half. What do you say? Baylor's defense, you know, has a fantastic, like Baylor's defense has a head coach who is a defensive coordinator who I respect very much as a, as a great defensive mind. And I thought that last year's Baylor defense, I would always say that, you know, their height, weights and speeds didn't always look impressive, but you know, they were in the right place at the right time. And I just think that this Baylor defense, you can move the ball against it. And I think that Miller is going to be the key to that hundred percent. And then I also think that, uh, you know, TCU, it's rush defense is they got to reload that musket. That, I mean, that <laughs> TCU defense just played a terrific game against B. John Robinson one year after B. John put up more than 200 yards of uh, rushing yards against TCU. But Baylor's rushing attack is pretty good too. And a lot of that run defense comes down to focus, it comes down to, you know, effort, it comes down to really being on it. This game's a little bit early kickoff. I, I kind of think both teams are going to get loose. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, man. I agree with you there. All right, next one here. We've got 14th ranked Ole Miss, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Arkansas, a total of 61. Micah, again, hmm. you're up, man. You've got an official play here. Arkansas plus two-and-a-half. What do you got, sir? Yeah, I think they circle the wagons and get the deal done here. This is a team they started 3-0, and so many expectations, and then it's just one loss after another. And I don't know, I guess the, the Liberty loss would be considered the, the worst one of the run. But uh, the loss last week to LSU, K.J. Jefferson should be back this week with the shoulder. Um, but the, the stats, the trends, 
so I got all the desperation there. I've got uh, kick them when they're down, Ole Miss. They've lost two of the three. Jump in on some of that, get some of that action. But over the years, it's just amazing how Arkansas eight and one against the spread the last nine meetings. Uh, Mississippi State won 52-51 last season. Uh, but overall, underdog 10 and one ATS the last 11 meetings. I just, there's so many things here. And it, it's like, a, I know Arkansas is better than five and five, but they can get a bowl bid too. So let's take care of all this in one swoop and kick Ole Miss when they're down. Yeah, and I got a feeling Sam Pittman's going to have the boys going. And whoever put together Arkansas' schedule this year, my God, they did not do them any favors. Because you're right, they're better than a five and five team. That has been a gauntlet that they've had to run through. So I like that play there. All right, Tom. Fetcho, you both lean on the under 61 here. Fetcho started off. Tom, finish him up. Yeah, I don't mind Arkansas plus two and a half if KJ Jefferson can stay healthy. But the problem is he doesn't stay healthy. I don't trust him to stay healthy enough. So I do like the under here. If Hornsby comes in, I like them to slow it down. Uh, there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Ole Miss has been run first this season under Dart. Uh, they don't have that air raid attack this year. Quinchon Jenkins has been a beast this year. They've been keeping the ball on the ground. I think Arkansas's defense could uh, limit them a little in terms of explosive plays. I like under 61 here. Tom, what do you got? Yeah, I don't love anything here. I think the under is the best player play on the board for a lot of the things Fetch just talked about. I think, again, two run-first teams. If Hornsby plays over Jefferson, Arkansas will lean even more on the run than it already does, which might not be terrible for it because I think Hornsby is the kind of guy who can just take – take a broken play and break it off for a long touchdown run. But I just, I think on the other side, Arkansas defensively, they're not great, but they don't match up too poorly with Ole Miss here. So I, I don't think that the 61 is an accurate number for what we're probably going to see. I think it's probably going to be in the fifties. So I would take the under if I took anything. There we go. All right. Now, Chip, you lean Ole Miss minus two and a half. What do you see about it? Slightest of leans, double reload the musket. How are you going to reload two muskets in one afternoon? I just, I don't have any real trustworthiness right now uh, in terms of what to expect from either one of these teams. Ultimately, I do think that um, while the Rebs were disappointed with the result, they have been the better team through the year. They have certainly been the healthier team through the year. And so I'll take uh, Ole Miss minus the short number. All right, there we go, man. There we go. All right, we're going to go super rapid fire, super rapid fire, if I can speak, on these last three. However, Micah, you are our resident West Coast expert, so you get to take your time all you want on this one. We've been talking about this game all season, fired up for it. All right, you've got an official play. So we've got seventh-ranked USC, two-and-a-half-point favorite, against UCLA, 16th-ranked, and a total of 75-and-a-half. So officially, you like that over. Yeah, I mean, this should be like 80, right? I mean, last yeah. year's score was 62-33. The last four have gone over. And if you look at USC's defense, not very good, uh, struggling against the likes of Colorado, Cal, and Arizona. That score with Arizona, 45-37, and they lost to Utah, 43-42. This is what they do. They allow a lot, they score a lot, and the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over either. Two interceptions on the year, plus 17 turnover margin, they do not turn the ball over, and they take the ball away. They're very good at it, the best in the nation. Uh, I think UCLA is going to score a lot, but I think at the end, uh, USC picks it up and gets that win, and it will be over. There we go, man. There we go. Now, I'll say this. We're gonna, we'll, Fetter, you lean on the over 75 and a half as well. What do you see out of that? 
Yeah, I, I think this game is going to be in the 80s. I think it's going to be a shootout. I was watching that USC-Colorado game last week. Colorado only scored 17, but they moved the ball on USC. I think UCLA should move the ball a ton here. USC's past dominant, Caleb Williams is stud. He throws the ball pretty much every down, though. So uh, that, that plays into the over. I like the over here. There we go, man. Now, Chip and Tom, uh, both leans, and you both lean, UCLA. Plus two and a half. Tom, start it. Chip, finish him up. I'm going to put the word on the Trojans. Here you go. Bum slayers. <laughs> <laughs> they destroy bad teams, and they struggle against anybody with a pulse. UCLA has a pulse. Give me the Bruins and the points. I might take them on the money line. Oh, Chip, what do you got, bud? Yeah, well, I was just going to say this is what the Pac-12 does. The Pac-12 always does whatever is the worst thing possible for the Pac-12. And so after we've gotten two of our one-loss teams and we've thrown them out the paint with the second loss, the Pac-12 is going to do what the Pac-12 does and take its one remaining one-loss team and give it a loss in front of everybody on national television. So, yeah, give me the Bruins. (laughs) The Gators National Championship in 2006 – that was because of this game, because UCLA upset USC. So I want to shout out UCLA there. There you go. Look at him bringing plugs, shout outs. I love it. Fetchell <laughs> just doing work, man. All right, two games left. I, and I wanted to bring this one up just because I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, we've got number one ranked Georgia, 22 and a half point favorite at Kentucky. Kentucky coming off of that loss to Vanderbilt, a total of 49 and a half. We have two official plays here. Micah, you are on the under. 49 and a half. What do you see? Yeah, I got 18 mile an hour winds. I got 37 degrees, a little chilly. Um, the last three meetings have gone uh, under, and I'm looking um, Kentucky. I mean, their last six games under, they've gone under nine of 10 games. That's just a style. They're not going to go and shoot it out. In Georgia, I think they get up like a, a 30 to three score and just cruise control the rest of the way. And um, yeah, it's it a good under bet, I think. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. All right. Chip, you've got an official play. Georgia, minus 22 and a half. Lamb! Georgia is in Death Star mode. They are picking teams apart. They are squeezing the life out of them. And when the offense gets rolling, and it can be a little slow starting, Kirby is just kind of letting them cook. And some of that is allowing Stetson Bennett to build some confidence, allowing that wide receiver room to continue to shake itself out. He knows that they've got to get this thing ready for playing for a national championship. So, it might be tough early, but Georgia won't let up. They'll pour it on late and cover the spread. There we go. All right. Now, two leans, not official plays here. Tom, you lean under 49 and a half. Yeah, I just, I mean, Georgia's wrapped up the East. It knows all it has to do is win its final two games and then play in the SEC championship. And then if it wins that, it's going to the playoff. So they're just going to smother Kentucky with a pillow quickly and then chill. That's really how <laughs> I see this game going. That sounds a lot worse than Netflix and chill. There you go. All right. Uh, Fender, you kind of pretty much agree with what Fornelli just laid out. You're on the Kentucky team total under 13 and a half. Yeah, I trust that a little more than the full game under, just in case Georgia goes all nuclear and just destroys them here. Um, the last four games against uh, Kentucky against Georgia, Kentucky scored 13 points, three points, zero 17 and then before that 13 so for the last five games they've scored under 14 under 13 or less in this uh series and their offense is worse this year than it has been uh their offensive line's not protecting will levis will levis is hurt they're not doing anything with the ball vanderbilt just shut them down i think uh georgia could sleepwalk and shut them to under 13 points here yeah it could be sleepwalk city for kentucky they might have checked out after that loss to vanderbilt all right last game here 10th ranked utah 
at 12th ranked Oregon. Oregon, a three-point favorite, a total of 61 and a half. Micah coming right back at you, buddy. Uh, you got official plays, Oregon minus three and the over 61 and a half. Yeah, I think this will be a high-scoring game. That's uh, Oregon's going to score. Utah's going to score. So we got that to worry about. All you got to do is just win by more than three. And I think Oregon can coming off that loss. They had 592 yards in the loss to Washington. That's crazy. But they've covered six of their last seven home games. I think that's going to be there. And then you look at their average score, 42-27 on the year, uh, Utah 39-20. And both of Utah's loss have been on the road. So this is a good spot, I think, for Oregon to uh, close it out. There we go. And I'll tell you what, Chip, you've got an official play on this game as well. You like the over 61 and a half. Yeah, Utah's run defense is a little bit suspect, a little bit off of our standard from the Utah defense, and the Oregon pass defense is a liability. I think Cam Rising has a big day, and even with some injury concerns around Bo Nix, I think Oregon's going to be able to move the ball as well. So give me the over. There you go, man. There you go. Now, not official plays, but Tom and Fetch show you both agree on your leans. Oregon minus three. So, Tom, start it. Fetch show, follow him up. Yeah, I, I'm not making anything official until I know for sure what Bo Nix's status is, but I do like Oregon minus three if no, Nix plays, obviously. I just think that if you look at what the Ducks do offensively, Utah defensively does not do a good job of stopping the run. I think that is something the Ducks can exploit to their benefit time and time again. So I, I like Oregon here laying the points. But again, until we know what the status is with Nix, I'm not making anything official on this game. There you go. Fetch up. Yeah, I, I mean, assuming Knicks plays, I really like Oregon minus three. I think Bucky Irving could have a ton of success against Utah here. Oregon just lost their big home streak at Allison Stadium, so it's time for a new one to begin. Um, I think they're the more talented team. Utah's defense has some holes this season. Oregon played like a, a road dog at home last week, which is why they lost to Washington. They were going for it on fourth downs. They are getting too cute. Uh, but I think uh, Dan Landing will learn from last week, and they'll win this week. There you go, man. There you go. All right, everybody, grab your paper, grab your pencil. I hope that this works. We have had some tech issues here, and it does. It's glorious. All right, so, now, like I said, this is the deepest one, we, deepest recap we've ever had. Michael Roberts is on Liberty minus 9.5, Illinois, Michigan under 42, TCU minus 2.5, and, and the over 57.5, Arkansas plus 2.5, USC, UCLA over 75.5, Georgia, Kentucky under 49. Oregon minus three and the over 61 and a half between Utah and Oregon. Tom Fernelli is on Washington first half minus 18 and a half. Ohio State first half minus 14 and a half. Kansas State, West Virginia under 54 and a half. Chip Patterson is on Georgia minus 22 and a half. Michigan State minus 10 and a half. Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Louisville minus four. Tom Fernelli, you're also on Louisville minus four, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, I want to make sure I got that. I think I left it off there, but he is on Louisville minus four as well. Utah, Oregon over 61 and a half. Boise State, Wyoming under 44 and a half. And UAB plus 14 and a half at LSU. Jake Fetter, you are on UConn plus 10. ESA team total over 36 and a half. Tennessee, the first half minus 11 and a half. Washington minus 31. And Boston College plus 21. So, boom, you guys crushed this show right on time. We have one minute remaining. And as we always do, I want to make sure I give you guys time to plug what you're working on, what we all need to know. So, Micah Roberts, what do we need to see, my man? Uh, not much, man. NASCAR season's over. Just starting college basketball, trying to shake up my ratings a little bit. But uh, all's good from here on out. Here we go, man. I love it. Tom Fernelli, go ahead. Cover three podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Tuesday nights, we got the reaction show to the CFP rankings. And as long as it's not between a basketball game that goes to double overtime, it usually should be around at 720 Eastern. And then, of course, Saturday night, live reaction show to the day's action, usually at 1130 p.m. 
Nice. That's five days a week. YouTube.com slash cover three. Come check us out. Nice. And Saturday, what time? How do we watch? 11.30 p.m. East. Oh, Saturday on CBS Sports HQ. We have not officially gotten our marching orders yet, but you just watch it anyway. College football pregame delivered by Papa John's. Home field by Verbo. Come hang out on CBS Sports HQ. There ain't no other pregame shows in America. Just the one on CBS Sports HQ. Not any good ones anyway. Dude, I was going to say, there's no way I could follow that up. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. And we will be back live next week, same time at 3 p.m. Eastern, to break down the final week of the regular season of college football. But until then, everybody, best of luck. Cash these tickets. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.